Okay, welcome back everybody. It's so good to be able to see or slash talk to you again. Um, I know that it's been kind of fun having some time off, time to slow down, time to play in the snow. Um, I did cut back on what we were supposed to read last week, which means we have to pick up quite a bit this week. Um, I've changed the calendar to where we're going to be reading pages 39 to 48 today. 49 through 55 tomorrow. Wednesday, we'll read 56 through 66. 66 through 60, uh oh, through 76 on the on the 25th, which is Thursday. And then on Friday, we read, or 25, sorry. And then on Friday, we'll read 76 through 85. So um, I'm trying to keep us on track so we can still take the test on the right day and all that's and the vignettes will still be due on March 5th. Um, that's the plan. Hopefully you did get some work on your vignettes this week. You got some time to really think about what you want to write about at least. Um, if you need any help or any questions, let me know. I know I have a few students who have asked me about the vignettes and I will respond to them tomorrow or Monday when I'm back in school. Um, they asked me yesterday, so I'll, I'll get back to them on Monday. Anyway, so we are on page 39. Uh, don't forget that location tracker. We didn't read a lot last week. So if you didn't read with us last week, if you didn't read 29 through 38, that's all we read. It was not even 10 pages. So you can go back and read those, get those locations filled out. The location tracker is for a grade and you do get to use it on the test. So make sure you are please, please, please doing that. All right, page 39 is one of my favorites. It's called The Family of Little Feet. So the last, oh, let me review. So real quick, uh, the last one we read was Anne Samore and we got to see Rachel and Esperanza and Lucy and Nenny. And they were all talking about these clouds um, and these different names for snow. And then they started, they started dogging on each other really and calling each other stupid. And um, they sounded very childlike in that one. This one's going to be pretty interesting. It's going to be a definite switch in what's going on. Remember, we're watching, this is a, a Bildungsrungmann, so we're watching uh, Esperanza grow up, and it's a coming-of-age novel. The Family of Little Feet. There was a family. All were little. Their arms were little, and their hands were little, and their height was not tall, and their feet were very small. The grandpa slept on the living room couch and snored through his teeth. His feet were fat and doughy and like thick tamales and those these he powdered and stuffed into white socks and brown leather shoes the grandma's feet were lovely as pink pearls and dressed in velvety high heels that made her walk with a wobble but she wore them anyway because they were pretty the baby's feet had 10 tiny toes pale and see-through like a salamander's and these he popped into his mouth whenever he was hungry the mother's feet plump and polite descended like white pigeons from the sea of a pillow across the linoleum roses, down, down the wooden stairs, over the chalk hopscotch squares, five, six, seven, blue sky. Do you want this? And she gave us a paper bag with one pair of lemon shoes and one red and one pair of dancing shoes that used to be white, but were now a pale blue. Here. And we said, thank you, and waited until she went upstairs. So mom gives these three girls, Lucy, Esperanza, and uh, Rachel, these high heels, which... I don't know if this is not going to relate to guys at all, but for girls, high heels are a sign of like grown up times. Like when you're a little kid, you try on your mom's high heels because you want to feel what it feels like to be a grown up. And so that is, that's what these girls are, are they're like, oh my gosh, we just got some high heeled shoes. They're all excited. Hooray. Today we are Cinderella because our feet fit exactly. And we laugh at Rachel's one foot with a girl's gray sock and a lady's high heel. Do you like these shoes? But the truth is, it's scary to look down at your foot that is no longer yours and see attached a long, long leg. 
everybody wants to trade. The lemon shoes for the red shoes, the red for the pair that were once white but are now pale blue, the pale blue for the lemon, and take them off and put them back on and keep on like this until a long time until we are tired. Then Lucy screams to take our socks off, and yes, it's true. We have legs, skinny and spotted with satin scars where the scabs were picked, but legs, all our own, good to look at and long. It's Rachel who learns to walk the best, all strutted in those magic heels. She teaches us to cross and uncross our legs and to run like a double Dutch rope and how to walk down to the corner so that the shoes talk back to you with every step. Lucy, Rachel, me, tea-tottering like so, down the corner where the men can't take their eyes off us. We must be Christmas. Mr. Benny at the corner grocery puts down his important cigar. Your mother know you got shoes like that? Who give you those? Those? Nobody. Them are dangerous, he says. You girls too young to be wearing shoes like that. Take them shoes off before I call the cops. But we just run. On the avenue, a boy on a homemade bicycle calls out, Ladies, leave me to heaven. But there's nobody around us. Do you like these shoes? Rachel says yes, and Lucy says yes, and yes, I say, these are the best shoes. We will never go back to wearing the other kind again. Do you like these shoes? In the front of the laundromat, six girls with the same fat face pretend we are invisible. They are the cousins, Lucy says, and always jealous. We just keep strutting. Across the street in front of the tavern, a bum man is on the stoop. So there's this homeless man on the stoop of, this, of the tavern. It's like a bar. Do you like these shoes? Bum man, says, bum man says, yes, little girl, your little lemon shoes are so beautiful, but come closer. I can't see very well. Come closer, please. You are a pretty girl, bum man continues. What's your name, pretty girl? And Rachel says, Rachel, just like that. Now you know how to talk to drunks. Now you know to talk to drunks is crazy and to tell them your name is worse. But who can blame her? She is young and dizzy to hear so many sweet things in one day, even if it is a bum man's whiskey word saying them to them, saying to them, saying them, sorry. Rachel, you're prettier than a yellow taxi cab. You know that? But we don't like it. We got to go, Lucy says. If I give you a dollar, will you kiss me? How about a dollar? I'll give you a dollar. And he looks in his pocket for wrinkled money. We have got to go right now. Lucy says, taking Rachel's hand because she looks like she's thinking about that dollar. Bum man is, bum man is yelling something to the air. But by now we are running fast and far away. Our high-heeled shoes taking us all the way down the avenue and around the block, past the ugly cousins, past ben, Mr. Benny's, up Mango Street, the back way, just in case. We are tired of being beautiful. Lucy hides the lemon shoes and the red shoes and the shoes that used to be white but are now pale blue under a powerful bushel basket on the back porch until one Tuesday her mother who is very clean throws them away but none of us no no one complains they just got their first taste of adulthood and it was kind of scary um so you're starting to see them grow up but I don't think they like it very much this next chapter is interesting it's called a rice sandwich next vignette the special kids the ones who wear keys around their necks get to eat in the canteen. The canteen. It's like the cafeteria. Every, even the name sounds important. And these kids at lunchtime go there because their mothers aren't home or home is too far away to get to. My home isn't far, but it's not close either. And somehow I got, got it in my head one day to ask my mother to make me a sandwich and write a note to the principal so I could eat in the canteen too. Oh, no, she says, pointing the butter knife at me as if I'm starting trouble. No, sir. Next thing you know, everybody will be wanting a bag lunch. I'll be up all night, 
cutting bread into little triangles. This one with mayonnaise. This one with mustard. No pickles on mine, but mustard on one side, please. You kids just like to invent more work for me. But Nenny says she doesn't want to eat at school ever because she likes to go home with her best friend Gloria, who lives across the schoolyard. Gloria's mama has a big color TV and all they do is watch cartoons. Kiki and Carlos, on the other hand, are patrol boys. They don't want to eat at school either. They like to stand out in the cold, especially if it's raining. They think suffering is good for you ever since they saw that movie, 300 Spartans. I'm no Spartan and hold up an anemic wrist to prove it. I can't even blow up a balloon without getting dizzy. And besides, I know how to make my own lunch. If I ate at school, there'd be less dishes to wash. You would see me in less and less and like me better. Uh, every day at noon, my chair would be empty. Where's my favorite daughter, you would cry. And when I came home finally at 3 p.m., you would appreciate me. Okay, okay, my mother says after three days of this. And following morning, I get to school with my mother's letter and a rice sandwich because we don't have lunch meat. Mondays or Fridays, it doesn't matter. Mornings always go by slow, and this day especially, because she's waiting to eat in the canteen, this, this cafeteria. She's so excited. But lunchtime came finally, and I got to go get in line with the stay-at-school kids. Everything is fine until the nun who knows all the canteen kids by heart looks at me and says, You, who sent you here? And since I am shy, I don't say anything. Just hand out my, hold out my hand with the letter. This is no good, she says, till Sister Superior gives the okay. Go upstairs and see her. And so I went. I had to wait for two kids in front of me to get hollered at. One because he did something in class, the other because he didn't. My turn came and I stood in front of the big desk with the holy pictures under the glass while the Sister Superior read my letter. It went like this. Dear Sister Superior, please let Esperanza eat in the lunchroom because she lives too far away and she gets tired. As you can see, she is very skinny. I hope to God she does not faint. Thanking you, Mrs. E. Cordero. You don't live far, she says. You live across the boulevard. That's only four blocks, not even. Three, maybe. Three long blocks away from here. I bet I can see your house from my window. Which one? Come here. Which one is your house? Oh, and then she made me stand up on a box of books and point. That one, she said, pointing to a row of ugly three flats. The ones even the raggedy men are ashamed to go into. Yes. I nodded, even though I knew that wasn't my house, and started to cry. I always cry when nuns yell at me, even if they're not yelling. Then she was sorry and said I could stay, just for today, not tomorrow or the day after you go home. And I said yes, and could I please have a Kleenex? I had to blow my nose. In the canteen, which was nothing special, lots of boys and girls watched while I cried and ate my sandwich, the bread already greasy and the rice cold. <laughs> Wasn't all cracked up to be. Um, you guys know that from eating in the cafeteria at school. It's just not as great as she thought it was going to be. All right, one last one. This one's called chanclas. And if you know anything about Spanish, chanclas are like flip-flops. And usually these chanclas are, are used, I don't know if it's going to be used the same reason for this, but uh, chanclas are used uh, in, in lots of homes as spanking shoes, <laughs> but they're not in this, in this one yet. Chanclas. It's me, Mama, Mama said. I open up and she's there with bags and big boxes, the new clothes, and yes, she's got the socks and a new slip with a little rose on it and a pink and white striped dress. What about the shoes? I forgot. Too late now. I'm tired. Whew. 6.30 already and my little cousin's baptism is over. All day waiting. The door locked. Don't open up for nobody. And I don't until mama gets back and buys everything except the shoes. Now Uncle Nacho is coming in his car, 
and we have to hurry to get to Precious Blood Church quick because that's where the baptism party is in the basement, rented for today for dancing and tamales and everyone's kids running all over the place. Mama dances, laughs, dances. All of a sudden, Mama is sick. I fan her hot face with a paper plate. Too many tamales. But Uncle Nacho says too many this and tilts his thumb to his lips. He's saying she drank too much. Everyone is laughing except me because I'm wearing the new dress, pink and white with stripes, and new underclothes and new socks and the old saddle shoes I wear to school. Brown and white, the kind I get every September because they last long and they do. My feet scuffed and round and the heels all crooked that look dumb with this dress, so I just sit. Meanwhile, that boy who is my cousin by first communion or something asks me to dance and I can't. Just stuff my feet under the metal folding chair, stamped, precious blood, and pick on a wad of brown gum that's stuck beneath the seat. I shake my head no, my feet growing bigger and bigger. Then Uncle Nacho is pulling and pulling my arm, and it doesn't matter how new the dress Mama bought is because my feet are all ugly, until my uncle, who is a liar, says, You're the prettiest girl here. Will you dance? But I believe him, and yes, we are dancing, my Uncle Nacho and me. Only I don't want to at first. My feet swell big and heavy like plungers. But I drag them across the linoleum floor, straight center, where Uncle wants to show off the new dance we learned. And Uncle spins me, and my skinny arms bend the way he taught me. And my mother watches, and my little cousins watch, and the boy who is my cousin by First Communion watches. And everyone says, wow, who are those two who dance like in the movies? Until I forget that I'm wearing only ordinary shoes, brown and white, the kind my mother buys each year for school. And all I hear is the clapping when the music stops. My uncle and me bow, and he walks me back to my thick shoes to my mother, who is proud to be my mother. All night, the boy who is a man watches me dance. He watched me dance. She notices a, a young boy that seems to be grown up watching her dance. So she's, she's, maybe she's not as, you know, the shoes didn't matter that much. I don't know if you've ever had an outfit that you think is so great. Girls and guys can relate to this, I think. You know, you think you, you like have everything picked out, but then the one thing is wrong. And that's the only thing you can think about. You don't think about all the good things you have. You think about that one bad thing. So that's where Esperanza is at. All right, that's it for today. That was a little bit longer than usual, but we have got to catch up. So um, make sure you do your locations. Make sure you work on your vignettes. If you have any questions, let me know. I love you and I'll talk to you later.